0: You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest hotline. We are joined by Tommy Wieldon Jr., GM and head coach of Cavalry FC, uh, 2023 CPL Manager of the Year as well. Tommy, thank you so much uh, for taking some time out of your morning. I know it's a busy time, lots of stuff happening, but thank you for uh, for taking some time to talk with us.
1: Hey, no worries, but, um, it's good to be back on. It's uh it's been a short off-season, and uh, we're day two of uh, back into the uh, training camp. So it's uh, nice to be back and getting on the pitch again with the lads.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. We'll we'll talk about, uh, about the training as you guys get ready for your, your Champions Cup debut against Orlando City next month. But uh, hopefully the off-season has been treating you well, and you've had at least a little bit of downtime uh, coming off of last year.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you, you always take the first month of the off-season to reflect, review, and uh, start your refocus and a lot of it is we were focusing on the players we got with the contracts they have, then what players we felt could come in and, and help improve us. Um, and I think we've done our work fairly early. So then leading into Christmas, uh, my family and I were able to go and take a vacation before the uh, before my family came and visited us for Christmas. So uh, nice to uh, recharge those batteries because I think it's important in life. You, you mm-hmm. take that time to... Uh, enjoy where you're at in life, and then you uh, back into it with a
0: full tank of gas. Exactly. And uh, it's a big year ahead for your boys. Um, but before Christmas, uh, Cavalry find out they're drawn with Orlando City. Everybody's starting the plan the trips to Orlando. But hey, if you can't go, at least you've got the game here. A couple days later, club announces the game's going to be played at Starlight in Langford, just north of Victoria. Fans obviously pretty miffed about the whole situation and how it went down i know that's not what you want you obviously want to be playing all your games at atco field but but given the situation the weather and whatnot just can you can you share shed a light, little bit of a light on on the decision making into to playing that game uh out in uh, victoria rather than uh, at atco field
1: sure absolutely Listen, mm-hmm. fully understand the frustrations uh as a head coach, that's one of our biggest advantages. I think we have the best home record of anybody mm-hmm. in the in the CTL. So, of course, we'd want to play at Spruce Meadows in front of our fans um, and the players too and on a grass pitch. However, you know, when we're dealing with CONCACAF, they're making this Champions League. And, and with it, there's due diligence. There's, you know, what happens in the event that it's frozen or it's a minus, you know, we've we got minus 30 coming up here. And mm-hmm. as, as we know, is one of the coldest months in Alberta. What happens if there's a referee from Panama or Costa Rica says, nope, we can't play it. You know, do we then forfeit the whole round because we didn't do our due diligence to have something else? Um, we haven't got the funding right now to put in all the heated tarps and all that that we needed, the glycol loops that would have done the undersoil heating, Um, Then you've got to make sure you've got accessibility for the fans coming in and out of Spruce Meadows. And the logistics just piled up. So when we're going through CONCACAF and under their uh, their recommendations, we had to look at other options. We looked up, you know, we looked at McMahon Stadium, but the turf there um, has the lines on. It couldn't do it. You know, we looked at Commonwealth. They have a, you know, like BC Place for the Whitecaps had a pre-booking arrangement in there. We looked at Clark Stadium, not approved. And then it left us with the only one that was approved on the West Coast with Starlight Stadium because Pacific FC had played there. So, you know, we we were forced into a decision quite quickly. Um, uh, Hopefully, you know, I've been, you know, inundated with the facts and the whys. Of course, like I said, being disappointed with having to go out there, but let's turn it into an advantage because we know the pitch and Orlando still have to travel up and let's make the best of the occasion because that's what happens sometimes with success. You grow outgrow quicker than what we're trying to build and we're only five years old still, so Mm -hmm. hopefully this is our many forays into CONCACAF, um, and we'll have to take some lessons along the way.
0: Was it just the case of, okay, this is grass and and it could be a frozen pitch, or is it just like, hey, it might actually be pretty cold, and regardless of ATCO having field, if it had field turf, we were going to play the game outside of Calgary, or if ATCO did have field turf, would the game be played here?
1: Well, I can say is uh, our ownership and our management team, we tried every... Thing possible to try and prepare it to be able to host it at Cofield. Um, and every time we went back with something with, with CONCACAF, we were mm. given another reason why it couldn't. So I said, in, instead of having to fight and fund you know, a, a one game here, um, we had to make the decision in a short time, as soon as we got our opponent, because as soon as the opponent is announced, then they are right to book their flights. And had we not given them the other place we are then, you know, in receipt of their their debt and have to change their flights. And there was lots of other logistics that went through, but but what I can say is we tried everything. Uh, We want it to be a safe venue. You know, I'd hate to have one of our top players get injured, you know, on a frozen pitch or one of our supporters coming down a very icy path to try and attend the game. Um, You know, you want, want to make this the best event we can and hopefully instead of, People may be coming out to Victoria. Um, they'll be able to see some watch parties, and we can still enjoy this uh, this significant moment in our club.
0: Yeah, and there are uh, travel packages, of course, uh, that the the club and Marlin Travel, I believe, uh, yeah. put to, put together for for fans that uh, that do want to make the trip out to, to Victoria or uh, down to Orlando uh, in the return fixture. Now, well, let's talk about Orlando City. Uh, you know, you guys have a chance to make some history. Obviously, it'll be your—I believe it'll be your first time against an American opponent in any uh-huh. in any match. And then, obviously, they got some dogs on their team. They were semifinalists in in MLS this past season. And you know, they got the the Facundo Torres guy, the young forward out of Uruguay, who's who's one to watch. And I know the guys are obviously they're you know, just getting back into into training here. But uh, like like how's the how's the ramp up here? For is it like ramping up right now for Orlando, or is it just like generally just getting everybody in? How's fitness and whatnot?
1: Yeah, so we literally reported back last week for our physical medicals and uh, physical testing. Yesterday was our first day on the pitch. Uh, Today we're having day two, which will be on the pitch. Um, And I think it's just, can we get a base? Once we get that base level of fitness, we'll start going into tactics. But I think, you know, uh, without that fitness level, you won't be able to get into the tactical level. So that's the first and foremost part, integrating the few new players we got here, as well as looking at a few trialists. In the early couple of weeks of camps, we've got the open trials coming up as well. So you're always looking if there's any rough diamond in there. And then you know, by the time we are preparing for February and, and getting down out to Starlight Stadium or out to Orlando, we'll have our squad together and dialed in. I think what's different this year, Pat, is we start this season you know, in advantage. I mean, we won the regular season by 13 points. We've retained a large portion of this group. Um, and chemistry is hard to teach. You know, I've been in this Why? game a, a long time now, and uh, you see, you know, you're seeing this, whether it be the flames on there, and you know, I've, I spoke to Dave Dickinson recently about it, and, and chemistry is probably one of the biggest things for success on the team because mm-hmm. if you get to know each other, how they run, how they move, um, things become a lot easier uh, on the pitch, and, and we certainly have that.
0: Are you going to be here for the majority of the, the winter training session, or are you guys planning to go down to a, a warmer destination uh, to, to loosen up the muscles? I know how, how training can be in this cold weather. Yeah.
1: yeah. I know yeah, you'll be indoors mostly. Yeah, first four weeks we'll be training inside of the Macron Centre. Um, that's where we have our uh, our winter training camps, if you will. And then uh, in February we'll look at a short, quick trip to uh, prep before we um, play our Concath leg, and then uh, we'll have our preseason. Tour usually down to Mexico into warmer climates at the end of March to prepare us for the regular season. And you know we've said to the lads already we've now got four competitions to prepare for. CONCACAF Champions Cup is our first one. That's our peak to climb right away. Then we're going to have this, this CPL trying to defend the regular season shield. You've also got the Canadian Championship that's coming up, and then you've also got the North Star Cup to uh, to attack as well. So it's four competitions to uh, go for, and it makes for a really exciting year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're talking with Tommy Wheeldon Jr., GM and head coach of Cavalry FC. Uh, you have had some business uh, done so far. A couple new sa- signings. We'll, we'll talk about the first one. Uh, Diego Gutierrez, veteran uh, out of the CPL. He's spent most of his time with Valor. Talk about what this guy brings and And it is you talk about the chemistry being a big part of it. Having experience in this league probably helps a lot, too
1: course it does and he was a player that would always you know you had to make sure you tried to nullify when you played against and uh he's, he's a player we think of high intelligence and technique he's he's someone that can be versatile in the midfield we we have three midfield spots a uh, six eight and ten uh, and he can cover all three of those and and that's what you need is we always look at right if we're competing against mls sides now in the in the champions cup or you know mls sides in the canadian championship um if we want to defend the shield and win the North Star Cup, you know, you've got to have a very deep squad, and we felt with him. He's just about to enter his prime years, and he's got things about his game that we like, his his forward passing, his set plays, his energy on the pitch. Uh, we think he was a really good coup for us, and one, probably one of the better free agents this offseason. Yeah.
0: Uh, and another one, uh, this one not uh, of any CPL experience, but you do go down. Back to, to Oceania, Australia. Yeah. You, you, you love your guys down there, obviously. Uh, and Leighton Brooks. Uh, talk about this guy. He's still a young player, still, still finding his way. He's 22 years old. He leaves Australia for the first time, though.
1: Yeah, we've got a good scouting network. So, you know, our head of recruitment, Oliver Minotau and, and Toto Facuni, we look at that area because we find the personality and the league, you know, that that A-league type is somewhere like the CPL. And in, mm-hmm. in between that and the MLS, there's high-quality players, Um, He was a young player that jumped onto the scene there in Melbourne. And, you know, I think he was probably a bit unlucky not to uh, progress probably through just after the pandemic. So his name was put across our desk. We did some due diligence on himself as a player and a character. But what we liked about him is his pace. And we felt that, you know, when we sold Gote, we didn't replace him directly. We brought Willie Akio in, obviously, in the crossover. But we felt that we needed another piece of pace that... uh, to get at the opposition when there's tired legs, um, can start a game, and he has a lot of quality. So the good thing is, is as a young man, he's still got an upside to him. So we like that, we've got another player, you know, that we have signed that we'll be announcing next week that people will probably know the name of. And then we've also mm-hmm. got, you know, um, looking at our, uh, our our backup keeper as well and a couple other pieces for, for some squad depth. So it, uh, it's a good part of the preseason that we can get these things together.
0: Yeah, uh, going back to like the, the, like the, your guys finding guys down in Australia, do you think that's like an untapped well for, for resource for players? I know it's, it's a country similar to Canada where it's like soccer's not the number one sport, but it is a sport where Australia's obviously taking in a lot of people from other countries and whatnot. And then they bring that sport into it. And do you think Australia could be, you know, maybe because they had a good run at the World Cup last year. Yeah. Do you think this is a nation that, hey, in a few, you know, 10, 15 years, we could be talking Australia like we are talking about, like, I guess they've had more success than Canada has at this yeah, level. Yeah. But do you think, do you think they could be like maybe what the Americans might be?
1: Yeah, they're, they're, they're a remarkable story, aren't they? Because they were late into getting their own pro league and uh-huh. they've obviously done ever so well and now attended several World Cups. And and you look at the players now that are, you know, playing all across the world and they're, Premier League and in Bundesliga, they've they they're they 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 have really invested into their in their soccer ruse, if you will. Yeah. And um you look at that in New Zealand, you look at Maya Bevan, we've mm-hmm. also from New Zealand and he'd sampled things over here. Ollie Bassett who'd won a MVP a uh, year before last, you know, had played English lad that played in New Zealand. You know, we we've we have we have got Jesse Daly that played out yep. in the A League now, Leighton Brooks, I think Tass Maracudas who's now just signed for Valor. The players who have come in, you can tell they're They get the game, but they're also used to the travel. You know, it's like players that have played in the MLS. They're used to getting on a plane to go to games. Players that come across from Europe, it's a lot different getting on a team bus and going a couple hours and playing a game than it is, you know, getting on a flight, playing in different time zones, often at the start of the season in different climates. So, um, yeah, you've got to be very... Diligent when you when you're trying to recruit these players into the league, and I think we've found success in in uh, the uh, players that we've brought out of Oceana and uh, hopefully Leighton is is one of them that will excite the fans as well.
0: Uh, another avenue of of bringing player talent into the league is through the, the CPL draft and using U-Sport and using the, the universities around Canada to find new ways of talent. You guys st- stayed in the province, uh, taking Rodin Cado out of the University of Alberta, and then staying here in Calgary, Caden uh, Rogozinski uh, out of Mount Royal. Talk about these two.
1: Yeah, and Caden's someone we've known and had in the pipeline. I think he's attended every single... One of our okay. pre seasons since 2019, and he's you know we drafted him. Uh, I think we drafted him in 2021, and you get two years. Oh, sorry, 2022, and you get his rights for two years. Okay. And it was only because of our foreign uh, ruling last year, where you, had, you could take three open-age players, and you had to have three slash four that were under 23. That we brought in Adolkachima, and felt that we could we didn't need an extra defender, given that Eric Hobbs had such a great season as well. So he went and played Victoria Highlanders. He had a great season with Mount Royal, got to Nationals. They won the Western uh, Championship as well. So I think uh, Canada West. So we like him. He's very intelligent, very pacey, and he's a homegrown. And I think that's what you've got to have in, in your team is you've got to have lads that you know have grown up in this city that care for it and will go out there and, and, and give you extra. And and I think in Rodane Cato, he's another one that had come out of the woodwork up in uh, U of A. And we've got Bruno Zebi who played for me at Foothills and also here at Cavs at speaks very highly of him and we did extensive scouting on him and we'll see how he adapts in in preseason uh
0: shifting over to the canadian national team obviously john herdman left he's now at tfc uh jason devos now just leaving from his position with with soccer canada heading over to tfc to be an assistant there just do you how do we feel about Canada obviously they dropped their their one match that they could have got into the uh the the, the Copa America next year now they got to play Trinidad and Tobago in a qualifier in March uh we talked about it last time I talked to you like the transition period and whatnot do you, we still feel like they're they're on the right path towards where they want to be or is it still like this is a big year as yeah. we go forward into 2025 and then obviously the big year in 2026.
1: Yeah, I think it's a very much a transitional phase uh, for Canada Soccer. You're seeing that with, you know, on both the men's and the women's, especially with Christine Sinclair doing that farewell tour. Yep. You see it now with uh, John Herdman leaving the men's side. So it, I think there is a transitional. There's a new general secretary now, which I think was pivotal, especially as you're starting to plan. You know, your new hires. Uh, also, the 2026 World Cup is pivotal, um, and there's a lot of strategic decision making going in. I know. You know, from what my understanding is, Canada Soccer brought in Corn Ferry, which is a, a high-level recruitment group, to look at candidates coming in um, that could possibly take over. But you've got to get it right because now, you know, if you're one of their co-hosts, you want to make sure you, you're having um, a really good go at this uh, World Cup, and especially with the talent of players. I mean, it's phenomenal now. We're seeing Tejon Buchanan. You know, yeah, huge. from huge. huge clubs, and I think the first Canadian to sign for a Serie A. Yep. You know, we know about Alfonso Davis, We know about Jonathan David. We know about Stefano Staccio. These are all now playing in Champions League clubs, which is phenomenal. And that's what you want for your players is no different than the players we bring through now. We want to put them into the shop window to export them because that's our place in the football food chain. Now for Canada, the more players we have in these tier one clubs um, and, and top, top uh, Champions League clubs, the better our national team will be.
0: You're on the blue side of Side. We'll talk about Everton. Yeah. They had the 10-point deduction there before the holidays. They played great coming out of that. Um now haven't won in five games. How are we feeling as we're still fighting around the, the the relegation spots? But obviously having that big blow. And then you see what Man City and Chelsea can do. And they obviously have, like, Man City's got their charges pending. or waiting on whenever the hell their penalty will drop. But uh, just overall, how are we feeling about Everton right now?
1: It's the emotional roller coaster I've lived in the last, <laughs> I don't know, fifteen, twenty years. That's it. It's the survival, survive and thrive, survive and thrive. I think that should be our new motto. Versus nil satis nisi optimum. Um, <laughs> not, but the best is good enough. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I actually took my my son, my fourteen year old, over to England uh, just before the holidays mm-hmm. uh, to watch Manchester United, and it was the literally as we booked the trip, where the ten point deduction. And it was all the the signs that had gone around and li- the atmosphere leading into it was something exceptional. And I was saying to my lad and I went with my dad and, and the three generations were like, this is going to be an electric game. And then two, three minutes in, Garnacho scores that overhead kick and the place went silent. We're like, <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, I mean, to see a goal like that, and man, you just cut us open. And uh, I think it's been interesting because I think from there we've, we've not necessarily had things go our way. You know, fortunately today, I saw Calvert-Lewin got his red card overturned. We seem to get all these VAR decisions going against us, these administrative decisions go against us. So, I think, if nothing else, it's galvanising the support group with the team itself, which was important because of the way the ownership was prior. Um, But yeah, it's uh, never a dull day being an Everton fan. I think that's why I enjoy being Around the Cavs, because more often than not, we win football matches quite regularly, <laughs> so it's uh, it's certainly a different feeling.
0: It's a good like you obviously that you saw you saw Goodison Park. Uh, are you gonna plan on going there one last time before uh, before it, it goes down? That was, it. that was that was your that, that was your it, yeah, yeah, that was your only that was time it to
1: take my lads. Yeah, just I wanted to, you know, my wife was great because she's like, Well, if you don't go now, when are you gonna go? Exactly, we going to be full, and I'm like, Yeah, so we literally flew in Thursday night, got there Friday got up to Merseyside, went to the game Sunday, came back, watched Fulham and Wolves on the the Monday and flew home Tuesday. It was just a quick in and out couple of games. But what it did do, and I've noticed this, these are what I always call, you know, when the young players come to our camps and watch our Cavs games, their ignition switches, you know, to see my son now, like he's got, his his room's got Cavs, he's got his Everton stuff up there as well, and he's now checking out the scores. It's just, these are important moments to have, have in your life, especially as a dad now, because, as much as i'm a fan of everton you know i'm a fan of Cavs. i i, I don't go to the Cavs games as a supporter mm-hmm. so i don't get that experience I, I i go there because you know i'm leading the team so it's nice to be able to just be a fan for a day and go and have your ball roll and yeah, uh, your uh you meat pie and enjoy the game
0: exactly I mean, i still i do want to get out there uh watch a game and just go up to st james park or something like that's my that's a dream for sure yeah. uh Talk about Der Kaiser, Franz Beckenbauer, passed, passed away yesterday. Uh, the epitome of German football when you think of the great teams in the 70s, uh, leading their way up to, to obviously managing the team in, down in Mexico in 86 and, and a big uh, big part of them landing the World Cup in 2006.
1: Yeah, the Kaiser. I mean, he's like the godfather of German football, isn't he, really? Mm-hmm. For what he achieved on the pitch and off the pitch. Um By all accounts, you know, uh, he was the most down-to-earth guy, but highly intelligent when he talked about it. And and you put him in there with the Kreuz, the Pele's, the the Eusebios. It was an unbelievable generation. And I I grew up with, you know, stories of them. I obviously didn't get to see them play because I was a bit too young for that. But, you know, my dad always had the videos, Mm. the VHSs that we would would watch. And, you know, he was ahead of his time. And uh, he he certainly uh, helped put what German football is... Uh, on the tracks as it is now, so it's uh, yeah, it's a sad day for the football world. You know, we got off the training ground yesterday, and and and, and we're giving the news. So it's uh, always sad when you li- uh, lose a great, but I think what you you know about that is they're setting a, you know, they're laying the foundation for others to follow, and uh, his legacy will live on.
0: Exactly, and I think you know who knows. I mean, Germany can use it as a as a launch off point because I know they there have been a bit of a trouble spot of late, and they're hosting Euro this year, so uh, feels like it could be a full circle moment for Germany and. And whatnot. And it is gonna be a big year in 2024, uh, in the sport, obviously, with what Cavs wanna do. Uh, you know, get that final trophy of the year. And obviously, as you enter out in your first conca calf tournament, that'll be awesome as well, Tommy. And uh we'll we'll do these discussions, I'm sure, late uh throughout the year. And hopefully we have something permanent here coming up and uh we can pass along to the to the masses here coming up. Appreciate it. yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, no problem. There you go. There's Tommy Wheeldon Jr. Uh, Head coach, general manager of Cavalry FC. Uh, The boys are back. Uh, They're already getting training, ready to go for their Orlando City matchup. Uh, That, again, taking place uh, February 21st. Not here, sadly. It'll be out in Victoria, uh, Langford, BC, at Starlight Stadium, home of Pacific FC. Obviously, you heard Tommy there, CONCACAF. Uh, Not a fan of the available facilities here in in Alberta, obviously. uh, McMahon uh I get the I get the lines but I mean I've seen field turf stadiums with with lines taken off. I mean Tim Hortons Field, been done. Tim Hortons Stadium does it. Mm-hmm. Uh IG Field does it. They've two CFL stadiums right there that have CPL franchises, Ottawa as well. Um but yeah, I I just like Conc I, I didn't want to, you know, go into it too much, but I mean Concacaf is is an organization, well they're they have. Have we seen the stadiums down in Honduras and Guatemala and all those and and how they are? But you know, you, you can't play something up here. And, right. I, the, the Whitecaps also get hosed. They they can't even play their game at BC Place hmm. uh, against Tigres. They got to go to Victoria because there's a Home and Garden Show taking place at BC Place. Come on. Like what are we doing here? You got you got to be a little bit better scheduling wise. <laughs> like I mean, time. obviously you don't know when you're you're. Your sure. Champions Cup is going to be on. But, like, really, you should say, like, hey, there's a window here where we might have a game. You want to maybe not have the thing here? But, mm-hmm. I don't know, it is a mess. I know there, there's a lot of supporters around town still, still pretty pretty miffed about uh not being able to to have that game here to have that nmls club yeah if i was was a fan i I would be you know definitely a little peeved off and and i I haven't gotten the opportunity to go down to aquafield It's something that i want to do and go check we'll get you out this cavalry fc and all that but uh you know you're you're a big supporter Mm -hmm. and from everything that you've told me is that like they've grown a fan base here and they're like a bunch of diehards of, of this team and it's like a a really good passionate group and the fact that they're not able to Cheer on this Cavalry mm-hmm. FC team and heading into a tournament such as big as this is kind of a disappointment. Yeah, right? and so. I mean, hopefully they get they get a they again they are offering the, the 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 travel packages, but again that's not a realistic option for everybody. Yeah, you know it's it's drop eight hundred dollars or pay some gas to go down to Spruce Meadows, pay twenty five to thirty bucks for a ticket and watch the game. Mm-hmm. And you're home in your own bed that night, so I, I get it. And hopefully Cavs can can win that first match. Who knows? Get to the second round. Perhaps it's against Vancouver or likely Tigres. Um, and who knows? They'll have the match back here in Calgary. But, yeah, nonetheless, uh, big season for Cavalry last year. Getting to CONCACAF, ch- uh, getting to the Champions Cup uh, this year. And I he did drop that little note. Big signing coming up maybe next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a name that uh, fans and people will know. So that one will be one to watch for sure. And, Tommy, I uh, love our chats. And, again, hopefully we get something a little more permanent uh, like coming on later on this year. Uh, But he joins us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline.